0: In three, two, one. Welcome back to Walk with TFB. Tim Bryson here, and as y'all know, I'm a Black millennial who's eager to have a filtered conversation with authentic people centered in on international education, global sport, and Black culture. Today, we have a guest on the show that, quite honestly, if you knew about know about this guest, you know what to expect. If you do not know this guest quite yet, um, you're going to lead this conversation wanting to reach out on your own. Uh, to learn more about their work, uh, their story, and how they're continuing to shape the future of sport, uh, both in the U.S. and globally. Um, this individual currently serves as the in, uh, international content manager for NFL franchise, um, and whose responsibility is to really grow the fan base, right? Looking at fan engagement, uh, brand identity, et cetera. Again, not just in the United States, but also globally. Uh, they're a graduate of the TCU. Shout, shout out to the Horn Frogs. Um, as someone who truly brings, um, yeah, shout out to the Horn Frogs, someone who brings a, an invaluable perspective, Um, a very needed and necessary perspective uh, to not just uh, American football but quite honestly the sport industry as a whole. Uh, But without further ado y'all help me welcome Maria Jose Rodriguez to the podcast. What's up (laughs) Pony?
1: Tim thank you so much. I just told you a little bit ago you're making a dream come true for me today by having me as a guest on your podcast first time doing this. I'm honored and I'm very excited to be joining you today.
0: Oh, we're glad to have you. We're very glad to have you, and I can tell there's only been a few other first timers, so y'all are in an elite company, if you will. But this will be—you may do 100 episodes after this. This is going to be your favorite episode. Can't wait. Segment can't one. Wait. <laughs> Segment one, MJ. So I think one of the things about this podcast that I know I like to uh, make sure I center and prioritize is first learning more about people's story, and recognize we can't get everyone's story in, of course, 20, 30, 40 minutes, but we can get a snapshot and really perspective and context that would then guide our conversation after that. Uh, So segment one, so for those who either know you or don't know you, MJ, what's your story?
1: So I am originally from Honduras. I was born in Tegucigalpa, that's the capital. Born and raised there until I was 18. Uh, I grew up going to bilingual school, so I started learning English since I was really, really young, which uh obviously has been key to in my life and in my success now but um yeah I grew up had a very normal childhood in Honduras when I was 18 I moved to the U.S. to TCU to go to college that is a very common thing uh for uh people from Honduras to pursue higher education in just outside of the country um and TCU did a great job. They, I believe they still do this. They recruit international students. So I remember them coming to my high school and just doing a, you know, during a college fair presentation. And it was a common school for people from Honduras to go to. I kind of wanted to go somewhere where I wasn't going to experience as much as culture shock. And I thought Texas was a good transition uh, and a good you know, a good transition in between me, either I if I didn't know at that time if I was gonna end up staying living in the US or not, but there is a high Hispanic population in Texas and at TCU specifically. So it was a school that just, you know, caught my eye and such a special school to be honest. I loved it. Fell in love with the campus visiting. I knew some people that that went to TCU. Um so I decided to go there. I went as an undeclared major. I wasn't sure what I was going to study. I knew I wanted something creative, but it wasn't until I moved to Texas uh, and being at TCU that I really fell in love with football. I grew up watching sports. My family um were big sports people, but mostly soccer in Honduras. That's what we grew up watching. Um, We were into tennis as well and some football. I was familiar with it, but I couldn't tell you that I actually understood the game or that I, you know, really knew what I was watching. But soccer was, was just the main thing. My brother played soccer. My sister did, too. So it was always a big thing that brought my family together to this day. That's what we do whenever we're all together. We sit and watch whatever big sporting event is happening around the world. We cook something really good together and then just we just hang out and you know enjoy our meal um so that's always been a big part of my life when i go to tcu i fell in love with uh communications and they had a great program advertising and pr i just felt like i fit in in there um it felt just um natural to me you know being in that program and and I think it was 2015, if I'm not wrong, where TCU was top four in the nation, almost made the national, uh, the play the college playoffs. And we lost to Baylor, I believe. And that, you know, ruined our ranking. So we ended up in fifth place. So we barely missed the college playoffs. That was just like such an incredible season and such a special thing to be a part of as a student. I went to every single game. I never missed a home game um i would even go by myself and that's how i just fell in love with it and sometimes my friends my friends they just want to be tailgating and you know i was like well i'm not i'm not going to miss this game especially tickets were free for students i was not not going to take advantage of that um so i just remember being at a game one time by myself and just kind of like taking the environment in and just thinking man i want to do this like i don't know i'm not an athlete i'm not a coach I don't know how, but I just want to be in this environment. It's, it was just so fun. Um, Competitive, obviously, just going through all the emotions of a game and just being so passionate over something, just kind of something clicked being in that stadium, um, that game. And I went home, looked for jobs at the athletic department and I applied for an unpaid internship and I was working with athletics uh, the week after that. So Um, that's kind of how I started in, in sports and what sparked my interest in it. Personally, um, I am the youngest of three kids. I have a brother, older brother and a sister. Um, my parents are in Honduras. My, my siblings are there as well. So I'm the only one from my, uh, you know, core family living in the U.S. I do a family around the country, which is which is great that I get to see. Um, But yeah, I don't I don't know if I'm missing any any part of myself here.
0: This is good. So just to clarify, you said TCU goes to Honduras to recruit. Yes, they do. That's phenomenal. And so as an international student at TCU, Talk to us more, my research on international, ad- international athlete career developments is like, like green flags all over this, but talk to us more about your experience at TCU both coming in, you mentioned, you know, wanting to mitigate, you know, culture shock, but then also like as you're navigating, you know, working in sports as an unpaid intern, um, obviously your friends who may not have been international or getting able to get paid in different ways. Just talk to us more about the experience at TCU uh, for those who either did not go there and are, are not familiar with the international student experience.
1: Yeah, uh, it just felt like home, to be honest, uh, since I, I had a really good friend that was a student there. I have family in Texas, so I was visiting my family, and I decided to go visit TCU and stay with my friend that was already a student there, and I just saw the community that she had, her friends, I saw the campus, I saw just this like school spirit that I fell in love with. And it's a, you know, it's, it's a small school, it wasn't overwhelming, like going to an SEC school that had big sports program, you know, that would have been probably too overwhelming for me. Um, It was just the perfect size. And with I, I, in my opinion, I just enough diversity that it was, you know, going to mitigate some of that uh, culture shock, but also I was going to be exposed to um you know being in texas and in the us and other people so i just thought it was a perfect mix of all of those things um it was you know your normal typical application process but the people that i met they were just very welcoming and um i remember when i got accepted it was very personal they gave me a call i just didn't get a card in the mail they gave me a call to tell me that I had gone in and I remember just like crying on the phone and being like, no way I got in. Um, And, you know, of course, and then a week after that, my acceptance letter came in the mail, which was really, really special. And it came in the mail. I still have this with me. I could text you a picture after, but it came in the mail with a letter that said something along the lines of we're excited um to have you here in both of our countries working together and with a little pin that had the U.S. flag and the Honduran flag
0: are you serious
1: yes I still have that with me oh
0: this is in one my of my brain. drawers
1: right next to me oh,
0: oh my brain I- I'm in love right now okay this is this is this is phenomenal so as you go through your college experience right you at some point you mentioned the unpaid internship got into the comm major started studying common advertising you knew you wanted to at least stay in the U.S., I'm assuming, and or work in sport. So as you were coming out of undergrad, talk to us more about, like, the job application process, when do you secure employment? Like, what was it like coming out of TCU? It's
1: post-college. Post-college, yep. Um, Let me think. So as an international student, I had to go through um, employment permits. I believe that's mm-hmm. called... OPT, if I'm not OPT. wrong. OPT. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I had, you know, once you get a US degree, you have the right to a year. Um, you have the right to a year. So I, I think I. Let me think, man. This is this is this was a couple of years ago. <laughs> it's been seven years since I graduated. Um. So I used my year right. I had that that year of OPT. I. To be honest with you, applying to jobs that I, it was one of the questions for sure that would always come up. But in very few jobs, it was a hey, sorry, we don't, we try not to, um, you know, work with international students or we want somebody that's US citizen. But my experience with that wasn't as limited. I felt like most companies or in the area that I was looking into at that time. They were pretty open minded with that, um, because at that time, I didn't think working in the NFL was achievable or something that was going to happen for me. So I was looking at um, advertising agencies, sports representation agencies. So I think agencies, for the most part, do a really good job at uh, having a diverse group of people. Um, It's needed for, for what they do. So, at least the agencies that I was looking at at that time, um, it wasn't anything that was help holding me back from getting hired. So I remember going through the process of multiple intern, multiple um, possible jobs, and then uh, a little more backstory that I didn't mention earlier. I had worked for the Steelers before as a during college as a summer intern during their training camp. And so I had met people before uh, when I was there over the summers and we're here now. (laughs) Um, And I had met a couple people, of course, and I was three months, I believe, after I graduated. So I was uh, unemployed for three months and still had, you know, interviews. I had things and opportunities kind of lined up for the most part in Texas. Uh, and I heard from a person that I worked with at the Steelers, who's no longer with the team, but, um, he said like, Hey, we're looking for somebody that speaks Spanish. Are you interested in applying in this position? And it was an internship role. Um, so the position at that time was already, you know, not a long or not a long-term position. So, um, you know, I I don't really know the the other side of it, but I was qualified for the role. Um, I went through the whole process of interviews. It, that initial conversation, you know my my immigration status wasn't. Uh, you know, I, of course, you have to ask, but it wasn't. Again, it, it wasn't uh, something that would hold me back or anything. Mm-hmm. To this day, mm-hmm. obviously, it 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 hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah within i think like three weeks i got hired um and it was simple as that honestly it was very easy uh obviously i was ready for it i think i had gone through multiple interviews that at that time that probably prepared me for that one
0: yeah for sure so segment yeah. two i want to stay on that for a second segment two is really learning more about, learning more about your role now uh, so as i okay. shared in the intro you currently serve as an international content manager uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um and so for someone who may not know what that means or may ask, hey Maria, what do you do? What's your, like what do you what are your responsibilities? Responsibilities, priorities, like what do you do in your role?
1: Yeah, it's funny cuz it's hard to describe because I wear multiple hats and I do a lot of a lot of things because it is an area that is growing. So it is um A blessing to to be in this position because I get to be a part of building that structure of what this will look like one day you know because I've been the first person in my role at the Steelers and one of the first around the NFL so we're learning a lot as we go and it's it's a privilege to be able to do that you know because it's a footprint that you know as this whole thing grows more people are going to follow right so it's very special but it is hard to describe some people think I just translate things uh, some people think I'm just t- tweeting on our Spanish social media account uh, but it's, it's, it's a lot of uh, different things that come together uh, for an international strategy but I would say, um, if I could put in one sentence, it would be, um, I am a part of the global expansion strategy of the Steelers and that has different components from media relations, social media, content creation, um, player relationships and fan engagement. Mm.
0: So you, so you mentioned, obviously, global expansion strategy, international strategy, uh, but then also different, you know, Spanish language, uh, social accounts. And so, so I'm thinking about how just people around the world consume content, right? How I consume content in Ohio may be different than Florida, U.S. may be different than France, et cetera, et cetera. So how are you seeing, like, in your role, like, how America, like U.S. Americans consume content versus how, like, uh, Mex- Mexicans consume content and how you choose to engage on different platforms?
1: It is very different. Uh, first, uh, it's a little tougher because, for example, um, Mexico, which is our priority international market, or one of our priorities, it's people are not as connected as we are in the U.S. Mm. Uh, for different reasons. I think just culturally, um, it's still not at that level. I think it's getting there where people have more access to that, but also just resources are uh, limited in a way where Wi-Fi is still not unlimited as it is here. Mm. Prices for Internet are still more expensive there. So um, it's just not as unlimited as as it is in the U.S., but it was very interesting, specifically in Mexico and with football, how they keep up with everything. They're mm. like a local fan, um so it's a highly educated market um and that was really fun to learn because you know there's so much you can do with that in a different language right um so a lot of the things as I started were following what our English accounts were already doing and then we kind of like we started from there and we started to listen and pay attention what was working what wasn't working um but I would say um, there's peak times of things where certain pieces of content perform better. Typically, that's when people come home from work and they have the time to scroll through their uh, through their social media accounts so they're not consuming all day long.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that was also good for my purposes because at that time um, – That just gives me time to prepare, you know, the content that we're putting out every day. It doesn't have to be as real time as things happen in the U.S. And of course, we don't have a big team dedicated Mm -hmm. for our international. So it's nice to have a little bit more room to get things out.
0: That's a good that's a really good point. So you mentioned uh, Mexico being one of the priority um, markets. I just saw recently uh, Pittsburgh secured Northern Ireland, um, Republic of Ireland. What are you most excited about? Not thinking about what you'll do, but most excited about giving it. Mexico and Ireland are obviously very different.
1: Yeah, so um, the Rooney family, the Steelers um, ownership, owners, um, they are from Ireland. That's uh, where their roots come from. So it's really special, of course, to just have that connection, right? And um, over the years, they've done a lot in that market. Um, So it's it just, it's special. It means a lot to, to the family. It means a lot to the team. It means a lot to the fans Uh, this, you know, their heritage has been represented to throughout the um, I think through, they do just so many different things with, with the Irish community. We have an Irish terrible towel. So it's just been something that, you know, they've made sure to represent within the Steelers culture too. Um, So it's just special to officially, you know, be able to go into that market and have more impact. I'm excited Mm -hmm. to learn more about it because um, it is, you know, very far from Honduras. It's not, you know, Mexico is similar to Honduras in a lot of ways. So it's just a very, very different culture for me. Um, But also it is a small country and that hasn't been as exposed to football as Mexico has been, um, over the, over the years. So the strategy there is different and we're still navigating that, which is really cool to see how you approach different countries. you know, with the same goal, it's just, your approach is going to be different.
0: I literally want your job, not your job, but like, like your job just sounds cool. Like, (laughs) like literally just sounds like, it's just, Anyone who listens to this podcast is going to know, like, oh, Tim is in, like, heaven right now because, like, this is literally what uh-huh. I get to think about every day. But you mentioned Mexico and, of course, Ireland. Are there other, like, markets or communities around the world that, that people would not think that Steelers have a very strong, loud, you know, powerful fan base?
1: You know, the Steelers really are worldwide. I mm-hmm. There's just so many people. We see them at the games. We see them on social media. Um, we started doing something very simple, uh, where we'd post something every game, and it said, "Let us know where you're watching from." Um,
0: that's good.
1: Just to learn where our fans are, and just to you know make our fans feel connected to the team or at least seen, yep. um, or noticed. You know that's something that we learned that was special when we started doing things in Mexico. Everything that we were doing at first just was blowing up. And I think it was just because this fan base had existed for so long without being recognized or seen that when we started to do that, it just meant so much to them. Um, So we kind of, you know, we don't want to exclude anybody else, of course, but we started to do this and I see it from in Puerto Rico, in Brazil, in Colombia, in Germany, um honestly it's just all over the world but i would say the most surprising ones for me uh would be asia Mm. because that just seems very very far away or i don't even know when just the time difference how do you even make it work to be able to watch games but um big fan base in china uh and I would say that's been one of the most surprising uh, fan bases t- for me to see.
0: It's amazing. It's super amazing. You're trying to surprise especially because I thought it's primarily like NBA. I know he has a huge president in China right now.
1: Yeah. I don't think, you know, we're at the NBA level, but for sure, you know, yeah. I I would think they would consume all their attention but there's there's people out there watching the steelers and the nfl which is incredible
0: it is a strong fan base for sure and i know that when doing research of course this last year about september 22 the nfl wrote an article uh, about you featured you in an article and it's entitled (laughs) next woman up right and so as you think and you mentioned earlier right there's not that many uh, international content managers across the league um but as being one of um, the international content managers and being a woman in sp- the NFL in particular. What does that mean to you? What was what that mean? What, that, what made that mean to your family, to It's Like, what does that mean to be one of the next women up? Um, as they articulated on last year.
1: You know what? I think you're the first person to ask me that. Um honestly, now that you're asking me this, um I've been so career driven and so like like, wanting to, you know, accomplish one thing and then the next thing, that, um, I probably didn't even think about what it meant. I was just, like, happy to be seen and to be noticed. Um, and it felt like a big accomplishment, for sure, to be featured on NFL.com for what I'm doing. Um... But wow, you really got me with this one. Um, it means a lot. It means, um, honestly, it is just a blessing. I think, ah, uh, to be to be seen. I don't even. I am. I'm struggling putting it into words. Um, my family was for sure very proud. My friends were very proud. Uh, I kind of normalized it a little bit. I don't I'm not too comfortable with with attention but I was for sure proud um yeah I think it it was now that you're telling me I need to think more about it honestly because I just remembered even seeing the NFL request when they sent that in that they wanted to talk to me I was like why you know this is cool but but why you know um almost questioning it a little bit but it it you know, it is special for sure, um, especially in this area that sometimes is overlooked. It might not be to you because this is what you're doing. Um, but to your surprise, I don't know if you experienced this, but it is still overlooked, I think, especially in football. I I don't think it's overlooked in other sports like, um, you know, soccer or Uh, uh, basketball with the NBA already doing so many things for so many years internationally. But um, because it's overlooked, it did felt a little bit extra special because there's so many other women at the Mm -hmm. Steelers, too, that have been with the team for so many years um, that could be highlighted for so many great things, too, that they do. Um, So it was an honor for sure.
0: It's a blessing. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that reflection in real time with us uh, for real, because I think what you're saying and probably one of our biggest frustrations is like, obviously, the world of sport is global. I think we're finally starting to realize that across many sports, which is a blessing. I think the World Cup, Men's World Cup, hopefully the Women's World Cup in L.A. 28 will further like drive this point home when it's hosted across North America. Um, but I'm thinking about like your role in particular. You mentioned there's there's others across the league who are serving in similar type of capacities. Like the are y'all connected? Like what is y'all conversation like, especially given that y'all in many ways for your respective organizations or franchises are tasked to help grow a global fan base for a multi-billion dollar industry? Which is like add that to your reflection yeah. when you start thinking about this later. But like that's like, what? Like what?
1: I'm not gonna sleep at night.
0: Yo, like Sorry. what is like what? That's something your job is cool. Like what? But like, yeah, like what is the community um, like across the league with other international content managers or similar like position?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, I haven't had the opportunity to meet everyone um, that's around the NFL, but the NFL does a really good job at connecting and bringing teams together. So we do have a monthly call with uh, um, teams that are that have international Either an international manager or an international team already. Every team is structured a little bit different. Um, but any team that's starting to go into a market is typically on this call. So we've started to make connections. We normally don't interact as much, but at least we are familiar with, with each other. So whenever a question arises or if somebody's trying to do something, Every now and then we'll see it, somebody from the Texans is reaching out, hey, you know, can you give us more insight on how you manage this project or things like that, you know, and we're pretty open with that because at the end of the day, we're all different brands in different cities with different goals, right? Different um, things that set you apart, different people, different strategies, so of course, we still compete. It's the NFL. And it's funny, because, you know, if you're in social media, you're competing with the other social media teams, and you mm-hmm. want to be the best one in the league. <laughs> so, of course, it's competitive. So you know, we're we are competing, right? Uh, which keeps things really fun, too. But, you know, but we also are honest, and we keep it real with supporting each other and actual with with like real resources like hey this is somebody that can help you with what you're trying to do this is our connection to how we managed our trip logistics or something like that you know we're not um and we do that too when we started as well we were reaching out to other people just Mm. just for advice or just to find the right connections too
0: is good it's really good so i want to t- shift your perspective a little bit it's, it's probably impossible to do but as a fan right okay and we just saw the london games conclude we're about to watch uh, the frankfurt games you know pick up what the, either this week or next week but going back to london like you're watching this as a fan whether from a football standpoint a social media standpoint again in your role like what are you seeing now that again there's been established you know presence in london for years now like what are you seeing? What questions are you asking as you're watching this in real time happen in London and see people from all over the world flock into London to watch this American football game, which is still mind-blowing to think about?
1: Um, what am I seeing as if I were a fan or in my role? As that's
0: what I'm saying, it's gonna be hard to separate, but as you're like observing <laughs> what's happening, like what are you thinking? So it could be either as a fan from a fan perspective, like your own role perspective, but as you're like digesting everything, it's like like wow, like yeah, what? like you know what I mean, like whoa
1: you know what i i'm thinking like i'm thinking about my TCU experience uh, i'm thinking like this you know i'm part of that community where something that you didn't grow up watching that's not necessarily a part of you is becoming a part of you and it's so cool and it's so special and you want to be a part of it does that make sense
0: it's a lot of sense i mean i went to, I went to south carolina And I remember going there freshman year, and I'll never forget this, and people were dressing up, like, with bow ties and black dresses and boots, cowboy boots. And I'm like, what is, what's happening (laughs) right now? Like, literally. (laughs) And then by the second Mm, game, I got a bow tie on, you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, this is, so now I just, so yeah, I feel that, a thousand percent.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's incredibly special. Same with me at TCU, like, people with their cowboy boots (laughs) and, the purple, yep. I I probably would have never in my life wear that shade of purple. It's very loud. I love yeah. it now, of course, but that love grew being there and just seeing it at the stadium and how fun it was uh to be a part of it. And I remember getting ready to go to games with my with my boots too and doing my mm-hmm. hair and everything. It was just a whole it was, you know, almost like going to a wedding or something, going mm-hmm. to every game. Um but yeah, it's incredible to see just countries like London um or the, well, the u k embracing mm-hmm. the NFL the way they have and I'm sure it's special for so many for so many fans there and now Germany and people that have gone to the games in mexico um for something that you can just make a part of you that wasn't necessarily a part Mm. of a part of you you know um and it's really cool to see just different like you were saying different traditions that come in these places you know here in pittsburgh fan or probably around the country but uh, you go to telegate and mm-hmm. here in Pittsburgh fans have um, their terrible towels on their telegates and they're making permani sandwiches before yeah. the game. So everybody has their ritual, their routine. It's just cool to see how that, I guess, adapts in a different culture. Mm-hmm. What are you making? Are you telegating? Are you, you know, if those things translate and just adding to that whole experience, whenever we, uh, host fans from Mexico. I know there's a big group that whenever they come up, they host, they have a tailgate here and they're making tacos outside the stadium. Wow. So that's incredible. Cause they're, they're bringing something with them and they have Spanish music. They're dancing. Uh, that's completely different than what everybody else is doing around the stadium, but it's cool. So, you know, just bringing your own traditions, the team's traditions to a different culture and adapting to what they want to do, what they want to eat, their music, you know, their pregame rituals. I think just the mix of that um, is really interesting to me. I haven't had the opportunity to go to an international NFL game, but this is what I think about.
0: Man, I want to go so bad. And so you mentioned uh, bringing Mexican fans to Pittsburgh, but you think about whether it be um, events that you've done in Mexico or global, any kinds of pieces of content you created, like what's one moment um in your current role or since you're in the series that like sticks out as like that was cool or like that was super dope?
1: Um two years ago we took Najee Harris, our running back to uh, Mexico City. That was that was his mm-hmm. first trip outside the country. We announced wow. a live uh draft pick from Mexico City. Um for the first time. We've done it twice now. And that was really cool. It was really cool to be there in the moment, you know, the draft, it goes by really quickly. So Mm -hmm. we, I was getting information from my coworkers in Pittsburgh who were picking next, because we were about to go live on like NFL network and in a different country, we were making sure multiple things were like, you know, at the right time. And we needed to be on top of different things. So we had Najee and, and uh fans from Mexico ready to go to be a part of the shot. I had our draft card ready to write a name down to give it to Najee so that Najee could announce it. Najee was ready, he was nervous. So I was also <laughs> trying to be like, hey, you're gonna be okay, you know? And then we had our agency in Mexico helping us out with the camera and making sure we Uh, we're ready to go whenever we got it. We we also were connected with NFL Network Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. were letting us know whenever we were about to go live, right? So multiple things happening at once. I see who we're picking. I write it down real quick and I give it to Najee. And just seeing all of that happen in a matter of seconds and then looking at a TV and seeing that moment live on NFL Network was just really, really special. And then NFL Network pulled... There, there's always uh, a camera inside every team's draft room. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed that, and you can see how they're working. They show it throughout the draft. So as I see it on TV, it's our shot, what I'm seeing in front of me, Najee uh, announcing the, laugh, the live pick, and then they show a sign. They show a, a side to that, a shot from our scouts in Pittsburgh in the draft room looking at that moment. In Mexico and they were all clapping so just a lot of things coming together that was it, and it all happened in a matter of seconds it was incredible to be a part of
0: that is yes I told you you have a cool job that is <laughs> that is why and it was fan I'm sure there was fans obviously watching in real time too
1: yes so the response of all of that was incredible and we were in a beautiful location in Mexico City so you could see like an iconic um, like landmark in the background. And naji said something in Spanish. He said Viva Mexico live on TV. And he's he has <laughs> such a great personality. Of course, he made it even more special. Uh such a genuine, fun guy, genuinely excited to be there and to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just a an incredible, an incredible
0: moment. I got two more questions before we move to segment three. Yeah. So one thing I always speak about is like, um, sport is a very copycat industry, right? So if one team does another team, whatever. And so we're watching the NBA, we're watching the NFL, you know, invest in growing their global fan bases and whatnot. But I think now we're starting to see like college level start to like, you know, flirt a little bit with this idea, like big 12 Mexico course kicking off next year, South Carolina Notre Dame is playing in Paris in two weeks. So do you see like this, like international content manager, international manager type of role or strategy making this college sport?
1: Yes, and I think it's really important um, especially with you know flag football now being an Olympic sport and mm-hmm. so many other just international um, things coming together. I think I think it's it's really important. I experienced it recently because we hosted a kicking clinic in Mexico a couple mm-hmm. months ago. The goal of that was to scout. Mexican talent. Um, We had actually a Mexican kicker come to the Steelers during OTAs. Mm So that experience of having him come to Pittsburgh, my role was key because I was in the middle of his interactions with some of his coaches. I was in the middle of his interactions with getting fitted for his equipment. I was in the middle of what he was doing with the media because he was getting a lot of attention and then also in the middle of his personal needs, you know, making sure that he was comfortable with his flights, that he personally had everything that he needed um, to come, you know, and, and do this. And it's a lot of pressure on athletes, right? You know, the, they're working their whole lives and mind and bodies for the opportunities that that they get. And I learned that even though I wasn't necessarily the best person to be in between him and a coach. That was my very first time uh, being in a meeting with a player and a coach. That was really cool for me to see, but I had to translate a lot of things. He was pretty good. His English was great, but certain terms or certain expressions just weren't making sense that I was assisting with. And just the comfort level of knowing that somebody from your culture or that understands your culture is there in such a big life moment. I felt really important that actually uh, has been one of uh, one another really special day in my life that I was able to at least bring some ease into this experience for uh, for this guy and you know that will go back to college because or high school or you know especially if this is all growing because if somebody if you're going to college in Mexico and then you're coming or transferring to a college in the u.s or if you're coming straight from high school to mexico i experienced that right it's it's Mm -hmm, not easy mm -hmm. to come into a different environment so um i had people obviously not in athletics but that made that easier for me Mm. you need somebody like that in athletics to do that and to help bring all these pieces together because you're bringing somebody from another country you're going to get media attention locally and from this country right You're going to want people from, you know, to give you an example, like U.S. Nike working with this athlete. But you never know if Nike Mexico is also going to want to work with him. You're going to have to work with different people out there. So, yeah, I think there needs to be somebody in the middle that brings it all together.
0: MJ, I literally I'm laughing, smiling because I literally just put a, a blog out today. And I said, once because there's been legislation being proposed for international athletes to monetize NIL. And I said, mm-hmm. once if and when it's passed, international athletes will lead the way of NIL because of this double market, because they speak multiple languages, right? Because it's right yes. there. And I'm like, and people, you know, people are like, No, we don't think I was like, all right. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to. And so the fact that you just said it, you're without me having a prompt, I'm like, you know what? Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs>
1: honestly and you're so right with that because um yeah you have the power locally and in your and in, and in your home country and some of these brands like nike for example they're global so they have headquarters and people in different countries around the world pepsi gatorade you know um so yeah
0: we'll be in do we'll incredible. be incredible t- we'll be in touch the last question before we go to segment three um when you do return home all right or when you're on the phone with your family and friends back in honduras what yeah. questions are they asking you about either your role sport in the u.s the steelers like some thematic questions like you know how to you know how to uh put anybody's business out there right now
1: <laughs> <laughs> um you know it's funny because a lot of people are still learning football in in honduras there it's growing a lot of people it's big to watch the super bowl but i think that's all over the world everybody wants to see the show who wins and stuff like that but not a lot of people keep up with an actual full nfl season so i get very generic questions i get like do you go to every game do you meet the players um have you seen tom brady or ben roethlisberger you know like the guys that are for the most part worldwide known at this point uh so it's just questions like that very few people uh come to me with like very specific things um you know or more football specific things it's it's all kind of like questions like that if I travel with a team or um about my job too like what do I do specifically but it's very um I don't know what the word I'm trying to think, but I don't know, I can't think of the right word, but it's never too complicated, I guess, mm-hmm. or it's just question simple questions like that.
0: Makes sense. Well, segment three, as we round this out, you know, we talked about a lot about again, your own personal experience, your career journeys at this point. Uh, also um excitement for the future both in your role but also for the league in itself um but mj how can i how can our podcast community best support you um, as you move and walk along your purpose journey
1: honestly i think you're already doing it i think you are what i was saying before a lot of this is overlooked the potential of all of this some people don't see it and you just mentioned it so just educating people with this bringing people you know in this um in this specific area of the industry on your podcast, I think is incredible. I think you're already doing it. It's a lot of just getting it out there and talking about it and having these conversations.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, so keep it up. <laughs> I
0: appreciate it. Anything else you want to share with the people before we head out?
1: Um I'm here. If anybody has any questions, reach out to me on Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, If you couldn't tell, I'm very passionate about this. I'm honored to have talked about this with you. I'm super grateful. Honestly, you really got me thinking about a lot of things um, and honestly, things that I haven't even thought about too. Um, It's also been really cool to see somebody like you so interested in all of this stuff. So, If anybody else out there is too. I'm sure you'll be more than happy to, to connect with anyone, but I'm I'm a resource as well.
0: I will be in touch. Don't worry. That's my idea. I'm around ideas, <laughs> not ideas suggestions around by you. Not for your work, but for collaboration and things I'm thinking about now.
1: <laughs> Honestly, if you're in Pittsburgh, let me know. There's a lot of good coffee shops here. You can go to Steelers Game too, for sure. Um, I'd be more than happy to. I'd be more than happy to join this podcast again, too. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Maria Jose Rodriguez that good <laughs> decent
1: yes that's perfect let's
0: go I'm learning Spanish yo. again I thank you for your time um really did appreciate it's again learning more about you your story your work um I look forward to seeing what the, um seeing what you continue to do in this industry because people are gonna be coming for you very soon not people <laughs> <laughs> if they haven't already they're coming right now yo so thank you again for your time today
1: i appreciate you thank you so much uh next time we'll do an episode in spanish
0: uh claro.
1: once you're once you're <laughs> <Claro>. <laughs> once you officially
0: uh podemos lo? once you're officially fluent we can do that ¿Podemos? podemos lo.
1: podemos hacerlo
0: podemos hacerlo bueno sí. ¿Sí? <laughs> <laughs> everyone else man thank you for tuning in to the episode of walk with tfb mm-hmm. the next episode with mj will be in spanish 2024. I'm calling it right now. I will invest in practice, <laughs> um, but look forward to seeing y'all next week uh, for another episode of our podcast. But as always, until then, we're walking. Peace out.